Kia ora and welcome to the front row. Never has the name of this show felt so fitting given the All Blacks squad announced for the Rugby World Cup. Today we're talking shocks, bolters, winners and losers after that 31-man squad was named. Joining me today, Andrew Saville, Scotty Stevenson. Lots to talk about, fellas. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. I'm going to keep you. This is my... been so busy, he's forgotten his jacket. I need a long drink of water. Just, this is casual. Well, nice to see we've finally got catering on the yeah, set. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, but... I think we're still coming to terms with Owen Franks not being in the 31. Although, as the selectors po uh, discussed yesterday, uh, Scotty, they'd sort of signposted this during the year that they wanted their props to be more mobile and more yeah. attacking. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause, yeah. pause you there, yeah. because I'm trying to keep you on a tight leash. I've Are got you? a structure this morning, and okay. we're going to get to Owen Franks in just a second. Right. First, though, before we get into the nitty gritty, let's hear from Steve Hansen, who had some words for the unfortunate players to miss the cut. Always a really tough time in their career. And really, really tough when, uh, in a lot of cases, and the guys that have missed out, it's not because they're not good enough, it's just because we've got so much talent. So who is in and who's out? Here's a refresher. In the Fords, let's take a look. It's the props that draw the immediate attention. Most of us, of course, thought it would be between Angus Ta'avau and Artu Molly for the fifth spot. Instead, the selectors dumped 108-test all-black Owen Franks. Uh, in the locks, Brodie Retallick won't play in the pool play, but it's hoped he'll be back from his injury for the quarterfinals, so they're taking a punt on him. A surprise was also sprung in the loose Fords. Luke Jacobson making the cut after just one test. After Liam Squire agreed with the selectors, he'd be available for backup if required. Fellas, yes. now you can talk about Franks. Right. Yeah, well, look, as Seth pointed out earlier, it has been signposted. They wanted mobility. They gave Owen Franks plenty of opportunity to prove that he'd had that string added to his bow. He's never been that guy, mm. Owen Franks. He's not a ball carrier. He's not a distributor as such. Great scrummager, great line-out lifter, so core roles are excellent. But it's the 108 tests, I think, that's the big thing. 108 test matches for Owen Franks. Those five props mm. between them boast 97 caps. Atu Moli has never started a test match. Angus Ta'avau has played seven and only started two. So there are going to be other props in other nations who are looking at that and saying whether they, there is a weakness or not, they are going to think this is a vulnerability point for the All Blacks. Those northern teams scrum, scrummage for penalties, will they be licking their chops at well, the fact that there's no Owen Franks? They'll just be thinking there's a lack of experience there. Now, Atu Moli is a good prop and the All Blacks have had their eye on him for some mm. time and Angus Sarval, for me, has been a revelation over the last two seasons. So, you know, I'm sure you agree, Kim, those two guys can play the game, but there is an optic issue here. And when you're a Northern Hemisphere team and Owen Franks is not there, you're going to be thinking to yourself, they are light on experience. Not just light on experience, but also there have been, I suppose, some doubts raised. Well, not doubts, that's probably not fair um, to Angus Ta'avau and Artur Molly, but... There have been, I guess, concerns raised that when it comes to that very core role, which is the scrummaging, that is where Owen Franks excels. No, he's not as mobile, perhaps defensively he's not as good, but the scrum itself, the set piece, that is where he excels. And do these guys have the ability to fill that gap? Yeah, I think they do, uh, because otherwise they wouldn't be going. Yeah, because yeah. they've got they've, they've got to, to do scrum, that. Don't they scrum a, the, yeah, I yeah. think from an All Black selectors' point of view, they are thinking to themselves: we actually don't lose anything at scrum time with not having Owen Franks there. What we gain mm. by having Atu Moli, Angus Tarvel, mm. uh, in particular, is that extra stuff around the field, which is going to be crucial because they want to play tempo. And the good news is we do know what they're thinking because we talked about the, we talked about it to them. Here's selector Grant Fox about just how tight that decision was and he shed some light on the process. 
through the four test matches we had, um, you know, it was about giving guys an opportunity. Yeah, still trying to win a rugby test, clearly, but we also needed to give guys opportunities. And so, you know, OE had his and Nepo had his, and, you know, that conversation went right down to the wire. You know, probably started more robustly after the test match out here and then carried on for another number of days before we finally made a decision. So it wasn't an easy call, but obviously one that they've been thinking about through the whole international season so far. That would have been tough, and I think you have to take the All Black selectors and the coach at face value mm. when they say how hard that was, mm. because they are loyalists, these guys. Part of the furniture, wasn't he, for so Correct. many years? Mm. And a very, very good player, best prop in the world for a number of years. Oh, I agree with that. Um, mm. The other the other thing is that was pointed out to me yesterday by, by Grant Fox and Ian Foster, just quickly, it's still 30-odd degrees in Tokyo mm -hmm. as we speak. If the All Blacks play seven games, including the final, two of those games, just two of those games kick off after seven o'clock in the evening. The rest of them are either during the day or six o'clock. Those fields are going to be hard. They're soccer fields True. by nature. The All Blacks will shift the ball and shift the ball quickly. And these are the props they need. Yeah. Um, I do want to stick with the front row just for a little bit because for another prop, it is a dream come true. One of TVNZ's Rugby World Cup reporters, Matt Manakia, was with Nepo Laulala for the announcement. If you missed it on the 6pm news, here's a snippet from a beautiful story with a man who three years ago was told he'd never play again after a severe knee injury. Nepo Laulala, Chiefs and Counties Monarch. It's a very special moment and uh, I feel very humbled. An honour to be able to represent our country. And that is the thing I think mm. you do really want to see with this because you kind of you forget in all the analysis and all the cutting of players and who's there and who's the shocks and who's the announcements that for these guys, mm. this is going to be one of the highlights of their life. Especially Absolutely. when you've been through so much like he has. I mean, there was, mm. a, there was a, a shot in that story of Matt's the three big scars on, mm. on Nepo Lalala's knee. Mm. He'd... he'd that he, his knee was blown apart in mm. training into the Chiefs. Mm. And, yeah, you're probably right, he shouldn't have played again. Or probably, you know. But what an amazing story. And yeah. just fantastic Remarkable. to see that sort of emotion. Exactly. Carry on, Kim. No, no, no. I was going to give you a moment before oh, I moved look, on. I just love these stories because Nepal's one, and I, the emotion there is just brilliant, isn't it? Because it's a human story. It's a, mm. it's yeah. a story of triumph over adversity for a player like that. Same for Brad Webber. Yep. Yeah, he was nowhere after 2015. Arguably my favourite story, yeah, favourite feel-good story of the squad. We spoke about that in yeah. the announcement yesterday, Kim. I mean, wonderful moment for him to be a part of this Rugby World Cup team as well. For Luke Jacobson, you know, he's mm. a young player who's been given a shot. How great for him. Mm. And onwards and through that list you go, Paddy Tuipulotu, who came back, uh, I don't know, I, Leo McDonald yesterday said, I think he obviously lost a couple of kgs in the small time he's with the All Blacks, and look at the way he played. He had an opportunity put in front of him saying, you can be a part of this squad if you show us what you're capable of. Paddy Tuipulotu in that test match mm. against the Wallabies mm. was yep. sensational. So this is what it's all about for these guys, taking an opportunity. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned Paddy because in our progress, let's move into the locks. We're, mm. we're about seven minutes down. We're only just at the locks. That's fine. Um, very quickly, Brody Retallick being retained. I mean, Steve Hansen said, you know, we're taking a bit of a punt here, a bit of a risk, because we know he's not going to be available until, got, what, at the got, earliest. You've got but to take, you have to take Exactly. I don't think no that's surprising. No. Great, we won't linger too much on that then. No surprises there. Yeah, can uh, I just remind you that Richie McCall played two World Cups, basically with a dud foot. And uh, in the last World Cup in uh, 20, uh, should I say the 2011 Rugby World Cup, they took a player and he wasn't available to the quarterfinals as well. Brody Retallick no, will, will play the quarters onwards. Guaranteed. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Heard it here first.
Oh, there is still it. Let's go to the Lucy's. Um, the big news was that Liam Squire did make that call to Steve Hansen and they agreed on him being a replacement that realistically effectively made space for this year's bolter. One test, all black, 22-year-old Luke Jacobson. Here's Steve Hansen and Ian Foster. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've had one or none or a hundred, I guess. If you're good enough, you, you should be uh, available for selection. Some guys, you just take a hunch on that you think, you know, that he looks like he can deal with that pressure and, and deal with the situation quite easily. And they did raise the point as well that he, you know, capped into the under-20s and things like that. They see him as a very long-term all-black future leader, all of those sorts of things. Have they made the right call here, guys? Oh, yeah, I think so. Luke Jacobson, to me, uh, and uh, he was had a rather truncated first experience anyway. Took a knock, and, mm. and that was pretty much the end of his opportunity through that rugby championship. Uh, I stood next to him before the South African test he's in Wellington. He's a boy. He, he's a unit. There is no doubt about yep. that. And there was a question raised in the press conference yesterday about the size of New Zealand's loose forwards. They're big men. Make no mistake. I mean, Artie Savia, yes, by world standards, might not be the biggest, but neither is Michael Hooper. But how effective is he? That's not about Jacobson's size. He's not as tall as a squire, but he's not far off it. And he is built across oh, here. Yeah. And, and what they like about him is that not only is he a good tackler, he's a dominant tackler. And all the stats they, they, they get provided with, Luke Jacobson will be and is a very good player and will be a good all-black, very good all-black player. I think some of the context around that discussion, though, was also about the fact that they don't have a kind of, um, I guess, enforcer-type role, you Jerome Kano type of player now that they don't have Liam Squire. Do you see that as a concern? Well, Sam Kane fills that role. And I think that's what people miss most of the time about the way Sam Kane plays Sam Kane plays the game. If you just watch him in a test match, he makes a tackle, he gets up, he makes the next one, he gets up, he makes another. And that zone around the fringe of the breakdown mm -hmm. is Sam Kane's mm -hmm. bread and butter. Uh, that, that frees up a guy like Kieran Reid to range a bit wider and Artie Savia to do what Artie Savia does. I think the balance of that loose four trio is good. But yes... Long term, I think Jacobson could be could that. Could fill that role. Yep. Yep. But, but the thing about it is that they're not missing out on the dominant tackles at the moment. Don't sit <laughs> off your chair, Kimbo. I'll leave you to my chair. seat. The You're chair's good. You're so excited. I don't, I don't think they miss the dominance. I think, I think it's a fallacy that the All Blacks don't have a dominant tackler mm. in their loose forwards. And the way Kieran Reid ripped into Australia in that last blitters low was insane. Alright, let's move on. That's the forwards covered, I think fairly comprehensively. Let's go to the back, shall we? Uh, the halfbacks, if we can bring that up as expected. Bowden Barrett's still listed as a first five, even though you'd expect him presumably to be starting at fullback as we've seen this international season. Uh, with Ryan Crotty's timely return from injury, it means no room for Nani Laumapi in the midfield, uh, and that has been quite the talking point. Geordie Barrett also listed among the five outside backs. Ryan Crotty coming back. I think we all expected it. Yep. I think yep. it was well kind of forecast that Nani would probably be the unlucky one. Mm -hmm. But still, hard break for a guy who's not really put a foot wrong. Oh, yeah. But it's a stylistic thing for me. They, they want some guys who are more distributive than, than Nani Lamapi has proved to be. Uh, on his carry stats alone, he goes. Mm. If you're just looking at that metric in his game, yep. he has been dominant. He has made the most metres of any centre in Tier 1 rugby since 2018. That's what he does. He carts the ball up. But you're up against rush defences where you need to be more manipulative in the midfield, and that's where Ryan Crotty's strength is. Jack Goodhue, Anton Leonard Brown, Ryan Crotty, Sonny Bill Williams, I think, give you an awful lot of variation. Quite an array, yeah. isn't it? That's of it. The, the feet yeah. and head of a ALB, yeah. uh, the, 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 the lines of Goodhue and the size of Goodhue. Sonny Bill, we know Sonny Bill. Mm -hmm. Crotty. Mm. The, Experience, the, the football intelligence, not yeah. saying those other guys don't have it, but the, yeah, as, as Suma says, manipulation of a backline which is needed mm. with this defence yeah. these mm. days. Um, so Grant Fox said Lamapi's exclusion was simply a matter of brutal maths, really. You can't fit five into four, and he says he envisages a long All Blacks career ahead.
No way he'd let us down if we took him, but we can't take everybody. And we were looking at balance of skill, sex, experience, you know, who can play both positions in the midfield, and then we just had to make a tough call. But again, you know, midfield's a very um, confrontational area. Um, so, you know, Nani might still get an opportunity yet. And that's something we haven't touched on, yeah. which there is the fact injuries. that there, there are going to be injuries. injuries. Yeah. Well, everyone's picking Ryan Crotty to get injured because he's been injured in the past. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's well, like saying, well, I've had three yeah. heads now, I've flipped a coin, it's going to be tails this time. I mean, who knows what's mm. going to happen there. Ryan Crotty having that breather through injury could be the best thing that ever happened for him. What a position of luxury for the All Blacks to be in to know if something does happen in the midfield and they've got a guy like Nani Lamarthi coming. Um, all right, let's talk number 10. As expected, only Richie Mwanga and Bowden Barrett named as the first fives, but Steve Hansen says... I've got enough cover, so let's hear who those potential replacements would be. Geordie Barrett, we think, can play there. TJ, we know, can play there. And Ryan Crotty spent a lot of time playing uh, first five as a young player. I think he played in the under-20s or under-19s, as it was back then, and under-21s. And if we had to, I think Ben Smith could play there too. He's played everywhere else. And you've got Ian Your Foster. Reaction, you've got Ian Foster. <laughs> and you've got Foxy in the stand me, as well. Honest, so you've got yeah. Stephen Donald in the Stephen commentary team. <laughs> we'll be fine. If Beaver has to get called up in the second half of a crutch game, and then he'll be there. I'll make sure his jersey doesn't fit and properly. You can, and I'd back you to play 10 against Canada. Mate, you, uh, cannot, you cannot be serious <laughs> sitting in front of a no, press conference saying anyone in our back line can play 10 in a World Cup. We may just, but I tell you what, I would be absolutely intrigued to see a Crotty or a, or, a, or a Geordie or a TJ playing 10 against one of these lesser teams. If you've got to look at the equation here, Bowden Barrett is a first five. That's where he wants to play. He makes no secret of that. And just last week, I sat down with Bowden Barrett. I said, are you a 15 or 10? He said, I'm a 10. I want to play 10. I would not be surprised if Bowden Barrett is the, the 10 during this World Cup in the similar way yes. that they used last time with Richie Munger on the bench or vice versa. They've taken five outside backs. They've got plenty of fullback cover. They might just be reverting to type here and saying, Bowden is our man at 10. It would not surprise me. I don't think they need an extra 10. For those other got, games you're talking about. I think they've just got it. I think they've got it covered. I think Bowden yep. Barrett still has a chance to be the starting 10 in this World Cup. Mm. What do you think will happen? Because Steve Hansen raised the interesting point at that press conference as well, that Richie Mwanga may actually not be fit for their final test before the World Cup. That's against Tonga. He said if it was a World Cup final, he would play it. Mm -hmm. It's not so... Mm, TBC. So what do you think we're going to see there? Because all of a sudden, what they've been doing for the entire international season would have to change. I think we're going to see pretty much that number one team mm. I, I think play Tonga. Yeah, I think well, they're going to roll out. And with, with, forecast that. So if Moanga is not in that, though, does so Barrett yeah. then move into 10? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, that was easy. If, if they want to trial something against Tonga, and with all respect to Kalitahi, this is not going to trouble the scorers here mm. in Hamilton from an all-black point of view, I don't think. Uh, so they may well put someone in there who hasn't played 10 at an international level before just to see how it goes. I don't know. I think this is a real big statement game mm. for the All Blacks. It's their last game at home mm. before a Rugby World Cup. They've got to go out there and actually have the confidence, say Eden Park wasn't an anomaly. That was mm. our baseline performance. And let's talk as well a little bit about, you know, Steve Hansen alluded to, to the pressure that they now come under. They're taking 19 World Cup debutants as such. As we've talked about, they've got that kind of youthful mix in there at the expense of some more experienced players. How do you think they will go about handling that pressure? It seems a silly question, I suppose, when you're talking about back-to-back -back winners going in to defend it for a third time. But what do you think they will be saying to that group of youngsters now going into this? You deserve it. Now go and play like it. I think, that's, I think that's the whole... Uh, 
PR slant from Steve Hansen yesterday, embrace our expectation. We're expected to go there and perform well and hopefully win a World Cup, so go out there and play like it. I think what Hansen said was, was, was good in, that, in the spiel before, um, or just after the team was announced. The fact that the All Blacks face this sort of pressure every time they play, mm. and some teams up north uh, don't face that same sort of pressure that mm. the All Blacks always face. Good bit of needle. Good bit yeah. of needle there. Yeah. Uh, the other but, thing, but the other I, I think it was more for his players' benefit yep, than anyone yep, else's. I, yep. I really do. I think that's the statement within that team now. It's we are the most dominant team in the world. We have been for a decade. Let's put mm. a full stop on a decade of dominance. Go out there and be the number one team in I the world. I just got the feeling yesterday too that the, 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 there was a lifting of um, a bit of there was a relief, a lifting mm. of a bit of a shroud. The 31 has been named. Yeah. Yep. This now is let's it. Get on with let's it. get on with it. Yeah. This is the World Cup now. Just lastly, before we go, I do want to finish it on a very positive note. Good. So, your favourite feel-good, I guess, story of the team selections. Ooh. You already know mine. It's Brad Webber. That's no, that's no <laughs> surprise. I have sprung this on you. I haven't given you what, time to think about think it. What do you think, Well, I love Nepo's story. Mm. La la la. Artu Moli, that terrific leg injury of his, whereas mm. yeah, it was. It was some yeah. sort of him, yeah. yeah. Um, and and Brad, you know, Brad Weber, Brad Weber could have gone overseas like that. Hundred percent. Exactly. The way he's yeah. stuck it out. Yeah. Angus Tavau as well. I mean, he's talked yeah. about he's how he was on the verge a lot, of giving up. Sydney, <coughs> came back. Yeah. Do you, you want to? I'll tell you mine, and it's Matt Todd. Oh yes. 2013, he made his debut for the All Blacks. It's now 2019. Since 2013, he's played 20 Test matches. Only five of them as starts. He has been a weapon for Crusaders and for Canterbury for his entire career, including uh, the most amazing final he played this year in Super Rugby. If there's any bloke who deserves a chance mm. to finish his New Zealand career on a high, it's a guy who's given his all and has got no credit for the things that he's done. All right, I love it. Let's leave it there. Thank you very much, guys. That's it for this week. What a week it's been. And no doubt some of those discussions, those controversies will continue right up to the World Cup. Thank you, though, for being with us and do join us again next week. See you then. 